that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the nights and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. How many of you have ever been fishing before? Raise your hand. All right. Awesome. Very good. All right. Well, whether or not you've ever been fishing, I have some fishing jokes, so I hope you guys enjoy this. Okay, so here we go. How do shellfish get to the hospital? Yes, a clambulance. Very good, very good, yes. All right, I'm not the only one that enjoys corny jokes, okay? All right, why are fish so smart? Because they swim in schools. Yes, very good, very good, okay? Which is the richest fish in the world? A goldfish, yes, very good. A goldfish, right? What do fish use for money? Yes, sand dollars, very good, very good. Okay, all right, I like it. All right, I'm not the only ones here. Okay, I thought it was just gonna be crickets. Okay, so all right. <laughs> if a fish lived on land, what country would it live in? Yes, Finland, very good. Finland, all right. Why didn't the prawn share his toys. Shellfish. Yes, very good, very good. He was a little shellfish. Okay, very good. Why is it a why is a fish easy to weigh? Yes, because it has its own scales. Very good, very good. Awesome. I'm glad I'm in great company tonight. Okay, so very good. Now, whether or not you like to go fishing, or whether or not you you know, you're an avid fisherman, okay? Let me tell you, there's some essential items that you need to go fishing, okay? So many of us would think, okay, well, one of the first things you need is you need a fishing pole, right? You need a pole to go fishing. So you have a pole, you need to get that. Other items that you definitely can need, you're going to need a tackle box. Inside the tackle box, inside the tackle box, it has your hooks, lures, all sorts of stuff, so very good, right? You need that. 
Now, depending on what type of fishing you do, you also need a comfortable chair, okay? A comfortable chair, because when you go fishing, there's some people that like to just stand out in the river, really back in, nah, right? You wanna sit down in a comfortable chair, be able to go ahead and to cast out your line, and be able just to sit there and enjoy God's creation, right? So you wanna just sit there and be great. Now, a couple things, you also need some essential things, okay? Is you have your fishing pole, comfortable chair, your tackle box, you have your hook. What else do we need? We need some bait, right? So now, here's the thing. There's some people, they like to use some fancy bait, some power bait, and everything. <laughs> Brother Z, he likes to use worms. He likes to use worms. Now, here's the thing. I'm not about to bring a container full of live worms up here to the pulpit, so you can use your imagination. Brother Z, you need some bait. So, Brother Z has some worms that he'll go ahead and use for that. Now, here's the thing. So we have our fishy, we have our pole hooks, we have tackle box, we have our bait, comfortable chair, with some other things. Now, Brother Z never goes fishing without. If Brother Z is going to be sitting there, he needs some sunflower seeds to be able to, you know, sit here, right here, yep, right there. Then, here's another thing. Of course, this is the most essential item. If you don't have this item, then it's not going to be a good fishing trip. You need a Mountain Dew, okay, to make this fishing trip well worth it, okay? So, here's the thing. I mean, there's a reason why I have a cooler on my camping chair, okay? So, here's the thing. So, we have all of that. And one day, right, I was celebrating Father's Day, and we went out to go fishing. He wanted to go fishing, so brothers, he made sure he had all the essential items all gathered up, and we went fishing. And we went fishing. When we went, we went all day. It wasn't just like 10 minutes, but no, all day. We went, we had a spot. I mean, my dad had a good little grill out there. He made some food, and we went, sat there, our whole family. Figure it out, try to move something, nothing. We spent literally all day. And here's the thing we caught absolutely nothing. We caught absolutely nothing. And here's the only thing we caught was some some grass and some weeds, and also we left with a nice tan too as well, okay? So here's the, caught absolutely nothing. You know what? It can be kind of discouraging when you go fishing. When you put all that time, all that effort out there, and here's the crazy thing, is that there's a, a guy a couple rows down, and he was just reeling him in, reeling him in. We're like, what are you doing? So then he left. I'm like, ah, we know where we are. All right, so we moved our chair all the way down, and we planted everything. We threw it out. Guess what? We still caught nothing. We are using the exact same bait. We are doing the exact same thing as God. Still caught nothing. That's just how it is sometimes when you go fishing. Sometimes when you go fishing, it can be very discouraging. What can I tell you? Peter, in Peter's case, fishing was an important thing. Fishing was an important thing, and in fact, Peter went fishing to make a living. And here's the thing, that Peter went fishing because it was his job. If he, if he had a great day of fishing, guess what? His family was able to survive. His family was able to eat. His family, he was able to trade in those fish to get more um, items that he needed. So fishing was a big deal 
I am so glad that my whole income is not based off of fishing because I would be very, very seriously in trouble, okay, if that was my occupation. But for Peter, it was huge. It was everything. Peter went out all night and didn't catch a thing. So here's the thing, that Peter was about to be taught a huge lesson. He was about to be taught a huge lesson on obedience, on obedience. And obedience is one of the foundational building blocks of a growing Christian. It's one of the most important things, specifically obedience built around trusting God. Every Christian needs to learn this lesson. Every Christian needs to learn this lesson about having obedience to what God wants us to do. Here's the thing. God created and redeemed us. God created us. Regardless of what scientists say, regardless of what public schools are teaching, God created each and every single one, every, everything here on this world. God created that. God created you. So because God created us, not only did he create us, but he has redeemed us, he's entitled for us to be obedient. He's not, he wants us to be obedient. As Christians, we should constantly be growing in the knowledge of our Savior. Benjamin Franklin said, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I may remember. Involve me and I learn. Here's the thing. In a Christian's life, if there's no involvement, chances are you're not learning. Chances are you're not learning. And we want to go ahead and be obedient. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In a hymn that we see quite often here in church, trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God will do wonderful things through us, through people who are willing to simply obey him. So tonight, we're going to take a look. We're going to take a look and we're going to see Peter beginning to learn this lesson that God wants him to learn, to learn the wonderful things that God is about to do through him and in the response of obedience. The first event that we're going to take a look at is the challenge, is the challenge, okay? And it says, and it says in verse 1, and it came to pass as people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Here's the thing. Peter was fishing all night. All night. For those that have tried to stay up all night and to do certain things, maybe it is to study for school, whether it's a job for an overnight shift, staying up all night can be very, very taxing on you. It can be very tiring. It can be your mind is just worn out. Your body is fatigued. And here's the thing, that he was exhausted. No doubt Peter would, get, would have been frustrated. He's a fisherman, right? This is his job. He's caught not one fish. So he was frustrated. He was discouraged. 
And now, here's the thing, that Christ issued a command to Peter that made absolutely no sense to Peter. He, he, told, he tells Peter, and he, uh, and he said, he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He wanted Peter to go ahead and to go to take his boat, his boat that he had already got out of. He was cleaning his net. He was about to go home. Many of us know what that's like after a long day of work, right? We're about to go home. We're about to clock out. We're about to leave. As soon as 5 o'clock hits, boom, we're out of there. We're on our way to our car to try to beat that 5 o'clock traffic. Okay, here's the thing. Peter was done. He was done. He was tired. He tells him to go home. And the Lord tells him. He challenged him to say, hey, launch out into the deep. This would have taken time and effort. And here's the thing that Peter, no doubt, this made no sense to him. Why would you want me to go back out there? I mean, don't you see that I have nothing? Why would you want me to do that? The Lord directed Peter to throw out his nets from the ship. The Lord could have said, Peter, you know what? I want you just to go ahead, that net that you're playing, just throw it out into the throw it out into the shallow area. I'll have the fish just come to you, hop into your boat, do it that way. But God didn't do that. He could have. Jeremiah 32 17 says, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. So here's the thing. Even though God and Jesus could have done that, that's not the lesson that they want. They wanted Peter to learn a lesson of obedience. Can I tell you that although we may not understand what God is doing maybe in your life or somebody else's life, can I tell you that God has a purpose for it? You may be here, maybe you're struggling with some health issues, and you say, why? Why is God having me go through this? It makes no sense. It made no sense to Peter. Why, why is God having me do, is wanting me to change my job? Or why is God having me do, uh, do a certain thing that maybe makes absolutely no sense to you? Can I tell you that God has a reason, and he has a reason for everything. As a Christian, we can rest in knowing that no matter what trial or storm that we're going through, that we're not going through it alone, even though it may feel like it. Even though it may feel like it, maybe you're going through a situation at your job, and you say, nobody understands my job. Nobody understands what I deal with with my boss. Nobody understands my workload that I deal with. Can I tell you what God does? Maybe you're a mom. You're a mom, and, and you, you're like, I, I, I try over and over again to pick up the clothes on the floor, and it just keeps, it's like a tornado goes through every five minutes. I try over and over again to do what God wants me to do for to be a good wife or a good spouse, and it just seems like nothing is working. Can I tell you that God knows what you're going through? You're not alone in this. Even though you may feel like nobody else cares or nobody else knows what you're going through, God does. Hebrews 13, 5, for he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, when I think about that, I think about, man, what a blessing it is. What, what a great thing to know that no matter what the world throws at me, 
no matter how people treat me at my job, no matter how my friends act, no matter how my family acts, there can only be and that is God. God is. Can I tell you that God will sometimes call us out of our comfort zone. God will sometimes call us to do something that maybe makes absolutely no sense. God, you're, you want me to give to missions? But God, don't you, don't you understand my budget? God, don't you understand that I have a set amount of money, but yet you're telling me that you want me to give? Above my tithes? You're telling me that you want me to give to teenagers? You're telling God, you want me to give to teenagers? To, to go to a camp? What? Well, there's no way. I mean, you, you see, look, my hours just got cut out of work. But yet, you're telling me that I should not work on Sundays. God, don't you understand that my, my job, they said they would give me a raise if I would just work on Wednesday nights and skip. You know what? It may not make sense to a lot of people, but God will push us out of our comfort zone. He wants us to launch out, just like what he told Peter. He told Peter to launch out back into the deep. God is telling us that he wants us to launch out. So we see the challenge of launching into the deep. We also see the challenge of letting down the nets. Letting down the nets. Verse 4, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Here's the thing. When God works in our life, it's always greater than what we could ever imagine. Christ, com Christ commanded Peter to let down not just one net, but he uses nets, plural. He wanted him to launch out nets for a drought. Now, here's the word drought in the Greek means a catching or a haul of fish. Here's the thing. Jesus was literally promising Peter that he would, if he would let down his nets, he was going to catch some fish. I tell you that the same God that works miracles in the Bible, just like what, what we're reading about, is the same God that wants to use you. <coughs> that same God that telling Peter to let down all your nets, you don't understand. If you just let down all your nets, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you catch. I'm going to bring in the fish for you. God is telling you to do the same thing. If you would just God is saying, hey, would you just put me first? Put me first before your, your friends. Put me first before any sports team. Put me first before any TV show. My book is more important than Facebook. My, my, what, my, what the uh, verses that I have here are better than anything that can be tweeted out. God is saying, if you would just follow me, if you would just if you would just launch out and do what I want you to do, the blessings would come. Maybe you're here tonight and you know that God wants you to do something. Whether it's changing a job, whether it's changing your attitude towards something, maybe it's talking to a friend or a neighbor and inviting them to church. 
Maybe it's talking to a coworker about Christ. And God is saying, hey, if you would just, if you would just follow me, if you just do what I have, I will I can bless your life. That's what he was telling Peter. There was a famous missionary, many of us know, William Carey. William Carey says, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. The God of Peter and William Carey works and wants to work in your life here today. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change lives. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Can I tell you that it's a wonderful thing? It would be a wonderful thing if we say, God, you want me to do this? I will do it. I will let down all my nets for you. You want me to, you want me to use my musical ability to play in church? I'll do it. You gave me this talent, I'll go ahead and do it. God, you want you want me to talk to my coworker even though I could be made fun of or I could get rejected? God, I'll do that for you. God, you want me to serve in this ministry? Okay, I'll do it. Maybe I'm not, I'm not, I'm not maybe a little, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm an expert in this area, but God, I feel like you want me to go ahead and do this. I'll go ahead and do that. God is wants us to say, hey, I will release all my nets. I will do whatever you want, God. And God wants us to follow Him. Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And tell you that God has given each of us some gifts. You may say, brother, you don't know me, I have no gifts. No, you have something, you have a gift. Whether that is being super friendly, whether that's being the gift of teaching, whether it's some musical abilities, God has given you a gift. What is the gift? How can you use it for the Lord? Is it smarts? Maybe maybe you're really good at memorizing memorizing like scripture, or you're really good at teaching. I tell you that God wants to use you. But here's the thing that happens, and we're going to take a look at this because it happened to Peter too. We see the challenge, and next we're going to take a look at the conflict. The conflict. Verse 5, because here's the thing, we have the command, right? Peter, uh, God wanted Peter to go ahead and to launch out. Wanted him to go ahead and launch out to let down not just one net, but all his nets. But now here comes the conflict. Verse 5, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the nights and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. Can I tell you that just as how Peter responded, that's how a lot of times we respond. We respond just like that. Our problem isn't understanding. Uh, our problem isn't, you know, hearing the command that God wants us to do. Our problem is, is we start having conflict with it. Romans 6.13, it says here, Neither yield your ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. 
James 4 to 7 states, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can I tell you that when it comes to obedience, the problem isn't the command that God gives us, but our slowness to trust and obey the promises to do. Here's the thing. We all have the flesh. Pastor talks about this. Uh, pastor talks about this. And you know what? We have to battle our flesh on Sundays to come to church. Because can I tell you, man, I love my memory foam pillow. My memory foam pillow is so nice. Man, let me tell you, sometimes it can get hard. It can get hard. Man, it can get hard to wake up. There's actually a battle sometimes. Can I tell you that whenever God's commanding you to do something, there may be a battle between what God wants you to do and what the world wants you to do. The world will say, oh, come on, you're missing just one Sunday. Imagine the overtime that you need. Do you just skip Sunday and you work? Man, you can afford three. Doesn't your wife want a new iPad? Man, doesn't your wife want a new Apple Watch? Uh, man, doesn't your the can you, you know Christmas is coming up here pretty soon? You can start saving. You can start saving now. Here's the thing that there's a lot of times that we'll have that conflict. We'll have that conflict. And here's the thing. Peter was having that conflict. He was toiling his own way. He was toiling his own way. Here's the thing. When P Jesus promised a, a great catch of fish, Peter was skeptical. He, here's the thing. He was skeptical because he was a professional fisherman. This is what he did. He wasn't, he wasn't out there just throwing out a worm and sitting there. No, back then, he was out there. He was launching his nets. He was dragging the giant net across the ocean, trying to catch fish. He was out there all night. He didn't catch one. He didn't catch one. He knew the waters. He knew how to fish really well. And yet then the last thing he wanted to do was go back out there. Why would you want me to go back out there? I've caught absolutely nothing. You, you have to understand that, I, I mean, I've been out there all night. There's nothing out there. I think the, the, I think it's empty. There's no way that I could not have caught one fish. Peter, he was discouraged. Have you ever been discouraged before? Have you ever, have you ever been to the point where you worked really hard on a project? Come to find out that that project was totally gone. Whether it be at work, whether it be at school. Maybe you you train really, really hard to run this race. You train really, really hard to do some athletic events. And man, you're ready for it. And then the day of the race or the day of the event happens. And maybe something happens like you got a terrible time on the race. Maybe your team just got obliterated by another team. You get discouraged. You get discouraged. Maybe as a mom, you 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 try, you try to keep the house clean. You try to do you try to do all the different errands for all your kids. You try to be there for all the sports practices and all the music lessons and all sorts of things. And you try you try to be an Uber for your kids. And here's the thing: and at 
end of the day, you just feel completely discouraged because you knew you missed something. Can I tell you, that's how Peter describes it. He was discouraged. We hear the name, we hear the name about Adoram Judson and think of a great missionary. Here's the thing. Judson's life, however, was far from easy. In 1813, he arrived in Burma. And at that time, there was not one known Christian in the entire country. For the first six years, he saw no converts. For six years, he didn't see one convert. Can I tell you, man, that could be very discouraging. Working at it, trying to tell people about Christ, trying to do things for the Lord, and not seeing any fruit. But despite overwhelming obstacles, he refused to quit. And after his death, a government survey showed Burma's Christian population to number of some 210,000, or approximately 1 in 58 Burmese. And I tell you that, hey, it can get discouraging. It can get discouraging when you do something for God and maybe your friends make fun of you. It can be discouraging when you're working so hard at something and it just comes up flat. It can be discouraging, but can I tell you that when God is asking us to do something, it may not make any sense to us, but just know that we don't need to understand what God, why God is asking us to do something. We don't need to understand why. We don't need to say, man, if you go over here and talk to this person, this person for sure will get saved. If you go over here and you change your job, man, let me tell you, it's just going to be nothing but sailing all the way to the top. We don't need to, we don't need to understand why, because can I tell you that God's plan, God's plan, whatever it is, Remember, he was the one who created us. He was the one who created us. So, here's the thing. Peter finished listing his objections. Okay? He says, he told them, hey, uh, unto Master, we have toiled all night. We have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, thy word I will let down my nets. So, here's the thing. We see that he needs to, we need to trust in Christ's words. Trust in Christ's words. Most of us remember a time when we are preparing to obey God. Most of us can remember or tell back to a time when we say, you know what, this may not make any sense, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Maybe it was the time when you when you got saved. You got saved, and you remember that time you were just excited. Many people get excited, but they just want to learn. They want to come, they're like, hey, I don't know any of these hymns, but guess what? I'm going to sing. I may be singing the wrong tune. I may be singing the wrong note, but man, I'm going to sing. It may not make sense to me, but I'm going to do it. Man, hey, I, I'm going to start giving to the church. I'm going to start giving my tithes because God commands us to. I may not fully understand, but I'm going to start doing that because God's word, God's word is telling me to do that. And I tell you that in 
Jesus tells uh, simple directions and instructions are used throughout Scripture. Mary's directions to the servant at the wedding of Cana were as an example. John 2, 5, his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Can we tell you we can follow no better advice today? We can follow that advice that here's the thing. Often people lead us object we believe we could be happy to do, we, we believe we would be happy to do what the Lord tells us if he would just explain it. Man, God, if, if, if you told me, if I gave $50 to the teen cafe tonight, if you would tell me that, you know, there would be teens that would be saved at this camp. Uh, God, if you, if you told me that if I was to go ahead and I was to serve in vacation Bible school, I would be the all-star teacher then I would go ahead and sign up. If you can tell me that if I signed up to be a nursery worker that I would never have to change a diaper, I would totally sign up for that ministry. But here's the thing. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. He rarely does because he wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him. If we had full understanding, there would be little need The requirement for immediate obedience is seen in the military. Those in service quickly understand the need for instant and unquestioning obedience to the superior officers. On the battlefield, in crisis, there will be no time for discussion. When a soldier is, co is commanded to a post, he is to stay at that post and obey that command until another order is given. Well, in 1974, a Japanese officer named Hiro Anode was, relie was relieved of duty. This would not be unusual, except he had been hiding in the Philippine jungle since the end of World War II in 1945. He did not believe the news that the Japanese surrendered to the Allies and refused to give himself up personally until a superior officer had properly ordered him to do so. The Japanese government located Udana's commander, now he was a bookseller, and flew him to the Philippines to give the faithful soldier the formal order. Hiro Anoda was unquestionably obedient to an imperfect commander. He held his post for that long. But how many of us could say the same about our obedience to our perfect Heavenly Father? Peter told the Lord, nevertheless, that at thy word, I will let down the nets. Now here's the cool thing. Okay, have my net here. Okay, this is one of the tools that we needed too, by the way, for, for fishing. Okay. So he went ahead and he let down his net. Now here's the thing, okay, back in the Bible days they used giant nets, but this is what this is what we got. Okay. So they used the giant net. So here's the thing. Peter went ahead and he let down this net. And all of a sudden something amazing happened. Man, I wish I could be there to see this. But he let down the net, and the next thing you know, the net started getting heavy. The net started getting heavy. And he kept, and, and it kept getting heavier 
and heavier and heavier. And pretty soon, it got so heavy. It got so heavy that the net broke. The net broke. It got so heavy. He said, you must be the leader. You must be the leader. Where he, he, he let down the net. You probably like, oh, I, I let down the net. I let down the net. He let it down, and then pretty soon he sees that net starting to get full. He sees the net starting to get full, and he's like, whoa, 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 it's getting full, whoa. And he sees the net, and the net starts breaking. And then it says in so much that he beckoned unto their partners, which they were in the other ship. They had to come and help him. Can you, can you imagine? He's sitting there, and he's like, whoa, guys, guys, come this way, come quick. Come quick, bring the boat, bring everything. And he starts coming, and all the fish starts coming, and it's so much that it breaks his net. Don't you think that it wasn't just fish? Peter was about to completely paralyze these fish. Remember, this wasn't a recreational thing for Peter. This was his job. This was his livelihood. You want to know what all this fish meant? That his family doesn't take care of. That he no longer he he doesn't have to worry for a very long time about trading in some food or anything because he has so enough that he can get enough plenty of items for his family. Can I tell you that God wants does take care of your needs. God takes care of your needs. God wants to take care of your needs. But so many times we say, God, no, no, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to sit here with my worms, and I'm going to sit here and do it my way. Look what happens when we do it your way. God says, hey, launch out. Trust me. I know I can take Hey, put me first in your job. Put me first. Put me first at school. Put me first in your family. Make it a priority because when you do, guess what? I can take care of you. Because you're what I'm asking you to do. God, just like what he did with Peter, he took care of him. He took care of his need that he had. Peter needed that. He needed that catch. To survive, here's the thing that God wants to do on board. He has paid, he has paid the ultimate price to meet our greatest need. You know what that greatest need is? That's the need of salvation. That's the need of salvation. Here's the thing you say, brothers, yep, yeah, I, I I knew I need I need maybe some clothes. Brothers, yeah, I need maybe a new car. Brothers, yeah, I need here's the thing. God knows what the ultimate thing that you need is salvation. Jesus came to this earth to seek sinners. Jesus came to this earth to make it possible for us to go to heaven. That's our ultimate need. So he came to this earth, he came to this earth, and he didn't sin one time. The only person to ever, to ever, 
here's the thing that he went ahead and he paid the ultimate price. He died on the cross. He died on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? Because we needed to live. Why did he die on the cross? Because it was the only way to meet our greatest need. So he died on the cross. He was placed in the grave for three days. And then after that third day, he rose again from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered. He conquered it and he went up to heaven. You may be here and you say, well, what? maybe this is the first time you've heard about this. And you say, well, why did he go up to heaven? Well, he went up to heaven because we have a problem. And that's a sin problem. You know what, you may be in here, you say, what, what is sin? Well, sin is anything that we think, anything that we do, or anything that we say that goes against God's word, that breaks God's law, like lying, like being disobedient, like thinking wicked thoughts. We need to be weak of all sin. It says in the Bible, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You would say, oh, brother, brother, you don't worry about that. I, I mean, here, I'll just write you a check, put it in the offering, and I'm golden. No, no, you want to know what you're doing? You're doing it your way. Brother, see, it's okay. It's okay, don't worry about it. I'll just read the Bible through my lifetime like 5,000 times. And once I do it 5,000 times, I'll go ahead and I'll be okay. That's not how that works. Brother, see, it's okay. I, I mean, I'm a good person. You don't understand. I'm an employee of the month. I'm never late. I mean, my family loves me. I mean, that's great. Still not going to be. You want to know what that is? God calls that filthy rags. That's our works. It's filthy rags. We're trying to earn our way to heaven, but God says, no, no. I don't need you to earn your way to heaven because I have given you what you need, and that's the ultimate sacrifice of my son, Jesus Christ. He said, he, God says, hey, I know what you need. If you just follow me, do what the Bible says. Want to know how we can accept Christ as our Savior? We need to admit that we're a sinner. We need to admit that we're a sinner. And, and next, we need to go ahead and we need to realize that, hey, there is nothing I can do. I can't do it my way to get to heaven. You want to know how I can get to heaven? It's by believing in the gospel. And that is, that is believing. He came and died on the cross to pay for our sins. Next, we need to call upon him. We need to call upon him to be our Savior. If you are here tonight and you say, Brother, I've never, never heard of that. I've never, I've never heard about how I can get to heaven. Can I, can I encourage you? Come talk to us. Come talk to one of the staff members. Come talk to us. We can gladly show you from the Bible how you can get that settled. So instead of trying to do it your way to heaven, you can do it God's way. You can do it God's way. So we see that God gave, he, God directed, and he gave exactly what, what, um, what Simon needed, what Simon needed. And this is what happened. The last thing we're going to see is the confession, the confession. In verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. 
for he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. Here's the thing. Peter, he realized what he had done. He realized that he was unworthy. He was unworthy. He was unworthy. He talked back to Jesus. He said, he, he was saying, I want to do it my way. I've already done it my way. And you don't understand, Jesus, there is nothing out there. We don't deserve God's goodness. Come on, my Jesus. We are nothing but filthy sinners. Each and every one of us. But God proves his faithfulness time and time again. Here's the crazy thing is that reading this, Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And Simon, answering him, said unto the master, We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He just let down the net. God wants him to open up everything, drop all the nets. Here's the thing what would have happened if Jesus or Peter would have let down? God will have done another miraculous thing. As Peter, we all sometimes fail in our Christian walk. We don't always obey Christ immediately and instead offer our own objections and our reasoning. But also, like Peter, when we humble ourselves before the Lord in repentance, he forgives us. And it says, and it says in verse 10, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Well, we can thank God. We can thank God that he is a friend of publicans and sinners. God's love is truly unconditional. So tonight, do you see yourself as Peter? Do you, do you, are you like him? We, we hear Christ's command. It's recorded for us in his written word. But like Peter, we hesitate. We argue because it doesn't make sense. However, like Peter, we too can ultimately obey him. We can make things right and experience the blessings of obedience. How many more fishes could Peter have caught if he would have done exactly what Jesus had told him to do? In turn, how many times does the Lord want to bless us but can't fully because of our incomplete obedience? In the education of discipleship, learning the lesson of obedience is important. And as in the day of Peter, Christ is still commanding and directing and looking for people who will heed his word and that he can depend upon. There's a quick song. 
that's out there that many of us know. Obedience. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily, actually includes obedience is joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. I'm not going to make you spell it. So, are you tonight being obedient to what God has asked you? Whether it's something at work, whether it's your attitude, whether it's something at home, whether it's your next step in your Christian walk, let's be obedient. Obedience is the very best way Let's all bow our head before your eyes. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you here tonight. Lord, as, as, as sinners, Lord. And Lord, we come before you, and Lord, there may be someone here tonight that maybe they've never accepted as their Savior. God, I pray that if there is one person here that does not know you, that they would make that decision.